Welcome to episode 6 of Caravan Conversations. For this episode, I travelled to the Victorian Alpine region to deliver you a real-life case study involving the controversial topic of adrenal dysfunction. In mid-2015, Australian obstacle racing royalty and PSC-sponsored athlete Matt Murphy began his next event, Recovering from Adrenal Exhaustion. And as this show will determine, adrenal dysfunction is in fact a very real subclinical state of ill health which affects even the most robust of individuals. Not only does adrenal dysfunction exist, but it is diagnosable and curable as demonstrated with this single case. Just one of the thousands of people I've confidently nursed back to full health over the past 16 years. If this show resonates with you, reminding you of a personal struggle of your own or that of a loved one or friend, please reach out for help. You don't need to suffer alone and know you're not crazy, weird or otherwise. It's not just in your head. Within the show notes, you'll also find an adrenal awareness campaign that I've constructed personally. Please feel free to share this with others that you feel fit the mould for adrenal dysfunction as outlined in the campaign itself. The time for words needs to cease, for asking people how they're doing doesn't always fix everything. It's time to act and show people the door to their own recovery. With love, I offer you this podcast, guys. Please enjoy. O earth, what changes hast thou seen? There where the long street roars hath been the stillness of the central sea. The hills are shadows, and they flow from form to form, and nothing stands like clouds that shape themselves and go. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Right, we are live and recording. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Caravan Conversations. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSE Supplements. And today I'm here with Matt Murphy, uh, as the intro to this podcast uh, led into. And um, Matt's a good mate of mine. He's also a PSC-sponsored athlete. But for the the whole premise of today's podcast, uh, he's just an average dude with a story. And um, I'd like to introduce Matt. How are you, Matt? Very well, mate. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. Yeah, love it, mate. So we're out here on um, <clears throat> Matt's property, uh, which is out uh, in the Alpine region of uh, Victoria, out in Bright, which is, mate, how is this place? I I wrap lots of places, but seriously, mate, I I, I would call this place heaven. It um yeah, it, it truly is special, and I think uh, not only the the environment itself, but the people uh, that live in it are you know is what really makes it what it is. And yeah, it's it is a super amazing. community. First night I'm here, we're having burgers down by the river, and kids are swimming, and everyone's playing, everyone's getting on, and uh, it's a real good place. And mate, so many people have often take me motorbike riding, and you know take me track running, and take me mountain bike riding and take me up to Mount Hotham and all these places. It's a, it's a super cool place. And if you guys get a chance, um, I know I, I wrap a lot of places, but uh, I'm surprised how many people don't know about Bright. Mm. Seriously, even in Melbourne, when I'm down there in, um, on the Mornington Peninsula, people are saying, where are you going next? And I said, oh, up, up to Bright. Oh, where's that? Mm. It's so only many three and a half hours from Melbourne. That many people come to the valley and uh, within six months, they you know, have bought a property in the Valley. It's insane. So what, um, just before we get on, mate, to today's topic, what brought you here? Because you were a Central Coast boy like myself. Um, strangely, we didn't know each other very well on the Central Coast, but um, you up and left sort of 13, 14 months ago now. What was it about Bright that appealed to you? 
Well, it's pretty much, I guess, the crux of the whole topic that is today that I needed a big life change uh, to avoid uh, some serious consequences that could potentially happen uh, in a year or two years or five years' time if I kept down the path. So we'll get into that later, but in a nutshell, to come out and relax a lot more and actually enjoy life and not so much be worried about uh, the monetary value yeah, of... the grind. Uh, exactly right. So tell uh, for people who don't know who you are, Matt, um, you know, you, you are... Uh, pretty much uh, celebrity in the the world of uh, you know track running and so not track running trail running and obstacle racing in particular uh, anyone that's into those sports uh, anyone that does <coughs> excuse me Spartan races tough mudders uh, you know true grits these sorts of things will all uh, all have known your name and know that you're generally always on the podium if not the winner in our country and um, uh, I know you've done heaps overseas but just let people know a bit about who you are mate um, well. I was a professional triathlete when I was quite young, from 16 to 21, um, was rated top 50 men in the world, uh, was rated top 3 to 5 under 23s in the world, and then um, had some serious, pretty serious fractures in my femurs, yep. so that put a damper on things, then I became a personal trainer. It's not like you need your legs much, no, mate, no, when you're no. doing runs, yeah, <laughs> Exactly right, so yeah, then I became a personal trainer, and um, life just took over, so I never went back to the triathlon world and then found this thing called obstacle racing and I've had a long history in trail running and or some form of uh, running or hiking, I guess, and um, this whole obstacle racing thing took off, I guess, right at a good time for myself. Explain and, obstacle racing for our listeners. Um, well, it's a race between point A and point B, and that can be any distance. The longest one I've ever done uh, was 85 miles. It should have been 100 miles, but we didn't quite make it. So all the way from 85 miles down to three kilometres where you've got objects placed in your way, whether it's a wall, whether it's a heavy dead ball, whether it's a balance beam, whether it's a rope pulley with a weight on the end of it. But yeah, uh, the obstacles pretty much represent... Um, you know, an obstacle in life, you know, you need to get through it before you're allowed to progress through the course, similar in life, that you should be able to tackle an obstacle, whether it's financial, spiritual, whatever that obstacle is in life, to keep moving on through life and keep getting better. And that's, I think, why I like obstacle racing, because the obstacles are there, you never know what's around the corner, and you need to overcome them. And I also like to run fast and see how much I can hurt. May, may I just say at this point that, uh, thank fuck, I don't have to do 30 burpees <laughs> or whatever it is when I don't make a spiritual <laughs> or mental uh, obstacle in my life. That's, yeah. that's that's how it works, right, that's in the obstacle crust, racing that's world? That's the crutch to Spartan race, yeah. So if you don't uh, make an obstacle, you get to jump on the ground. What is it, 20, 30 burpees? Uh, 30. Depends on the race, yeah, 30 takes, burpees? 30 will take oh, a minute and a half to two minutes, about three to four seconds per burpee. So people like myself that might not be the best on, you know, like wall obstacles and climbing ropes and things can pretty much spend the whole day doing burpees. You'd be doing a lot of burpees. Yep. Yeah, nice. So, um, yeah, you get into it. Um, you've been overseas a lot. You spoke just a minute ago about uh, what I know was the world's toughest mudder over there. You did with John and uh, Ryan, who are um, you know, very high in the world, generally sort of one and, one and one twos and two, yep. when it comes to winning these things. Um, mate, how do you prepare yourself for, you know, essentially what, a 120-kilometre race with 1,200 obstacles? Yeah, well, 100, I think we did 145 kilometres in 25 hours. Um how do you prepare consistency? Because you can't in prep for that, can you? you? Like you can't train twenty four hours for no, an event, can no, you? And it's it's un, very unwise to do that because you fatigue your body to such a point that you don't want to hurt that bad again. You need to train enough yeah. that you could survive. You might not. We well, we didn't survive because we only made one hundred and forty five kilometers, not one hundred and sixty. Um, but if you go in underdone physically, then you're going to hurt early. Yeah, you're but if you go in overdone mentally where you've as you've said you don't train for 24 hours in a day that's not a good thing because you lose part of your soul yep. and you need to make sure that's you're well or you, you know your soul is really strong so that when you rock up you've got a fighting chance 
I know uh, Ryan told me, um, one of your partners there told me that um, some of the ones over in Europe, you know, he'll he'll finish, you know, in like sub-zero conditions, having swum through, you know, like yeah. a, a lake that's, you know, pretty much frozen and can take him three, four weeks to recover from it. Yeah, it, it, you've got to be careful, like in any sport, um, you've got to be careful how often you dig really, really, really deep. Like there's going hard, or well, this is obviously, you know, my opinion, there's going hard, but then there is that next level where you're taking some really deep stuff out of your soul, and that's not healthy. About once a year I'll do that, and that's it. Yeah, that's enough. It's well and truly enough. So when we talk about that level of exhaustion, um, I guess it's sort of a good time to rip into today's conversation, Mm. um, which is adrenal fatigue, uh, which you've experienced firsthand. Um, Today's more of a case study for our listeners, and uh, being the fact that... um, I've sponsored you and looked after you, and you don't pay me. I feel quite happy. <laughs> I feel quite happy to, uh, you know, uh, breach that um, that patient confidentiality. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yes, absolutely fine. Talk about all sorts of things, the size of your willy or whatever <laughs> comes up in the conversation. But um, Matt, you you reached out to me uh, August last year, 2015, uh, as did your wife at the mm-hmm. time, um, who led me to understand how significant um, the strain was on your body. Um, Life you change around this time, right? You become a dad. Um, you've got little Jack now, um, who we've, we've enjoyed Christmas with, which was cool. But he was a baby at the time, yep. so you got a sleep deprived wife. Um, you sleep deprived yourself. Uh, you're still trying to be shit hot athlete, um, working and training and working and training. Um, you're running your PT studio. You uh, are not far from upping and leaving the Central Coast mm-hmm. to leave all your financial resources and move to a place where there's none. And you're working for a very large Australian um, company in the. Um, in the gym and fitness world, do you know, like all these companies, there's goals and mm. things that you need to achieve. Um, take us back to that time, mate, so we can give people, I guess, a realistic picture as to you know um, how significant that fall was, and um, you know, and what the symptoms were that you avoided originally until you reached out to me. Yeah, I think um, if we go back, oh, so that was August. So if we probably go back a good few months, if you look back to sort of that June, April, May, maybe May. Um, and as you said, you know, the, the main pressure would have been from work because, you know, you've got the business has goals and I was um, decently high up in that in that company, I guess you'd say, and um, I had to make sure that I performed like anything so that the mortgage gets paid or the rent gets paid, um, plus search for Hurt most weekends filming for that uh, TV show at the time. So I'd go away most weekends and get absolutely hammered by an athlete yep. and use, you know, some really, really deep resources of energy and I guess you'd say my soul then you've got a child, then you've got, you know, home life, and I'm trying to train to be still be competitive. And um, just slowly and slowly the wheels just started to fall off um, in every aspect, I guess. The, the biggest one, not so much um, physical health, uh, even though I was getting sick quite often. I had like a 10-day or a two-week cycle where I'd just feel down for a few days, three to four days, and then I'd feel all right. Or even in my training where my training would be, Really good one day, but then two days later, I was slow as a wet week running. Like my performance would be thirty to forty percent off what it should yeah, be. Yeah. But the biggest one was um, I noticed one day when I was at the supermarket at Woolworths, and I practically had like a anxiety attack where I was in in a busy supermarket around lots of people, and I just I, I had no filter about. Um, how to drain out all the noise and my surroundings, and I just had to get out of there. Um, and then I started avoiding large crowds. Um, but then another large component was I had no ability to process a complex 
situation. So a client would call me about an issue and rather than have a systemized process, which anyone in this job would normally do of one to 10 and the 10 is the outcome and the two to nine is the process, um, I'd just go straight to 10 and I'd freak out and I had no processing power. Um, and then that's when, yeah, Elise and I decided to yeah, contact you and do, I guess, a few tests. I remember the one you spoke about when you first um, contacted me was um, before it even got to that mm. point because I've spoken to Elise, your wife, um, even just this morning about getting back to that time so I could kind of get my head into uh, podcast gear because, um, you know, it's a long time ago now and I, I, I semi-forget mm. it. But um, before um, the anxiety kicked in and before you sort of lost your ability to cope with daily process, um, another thing you told me about was you were still pretty functional and you were still running and you were still being dad and coming home and everything was all right. But you told me that the first thing you noticed was that you you lost that magic gear. Mm, yeah. So, you know, any person in a position like yours, and it's not just in your athletic performance, but also in your life, have generally got that point when that, you know, the going gets tough, we, you know, we grit down, we dig in a bit deeper, we push harder. And certainly doing a, you know, 145k yeah. race would mean, you know, there's a certain point where mentally you must take over. And you had lost... Those 100%. Yep, it was just know? that no, not so much no drive, but uh, I've, I've always, I guess, prided myself on if someone, if I'm training with someone that I'll always be able to push harder and yeah. I didn't even have that mindset to want to actually push harder, um, which was a bit of a concern for me. So what did it do to your confidence? Oh yeah, it's no good at all because you just haven't got uh, that um, pure instinct to I don't know, not break someone, but, and that's what it takes really. So I guess in a nutshell, that's what it is. Like when I'm competing against someone, it doesn't matter if they're fitter, faster and stronger, I will most of the time back myself to beat them, that I've got it in my head that I can do this. Whereas even if someone wasn't as fit as me, it was like, oh, you know what, they can just have it today. It's their turn. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not me. So you just start going home and baking muffins and things. (laughs) (laughs) Almost, I tell you right, almost. Uh, I like it. Hey, um, tell me, Matt, um, so at this point you're still functional, um, your confidence is low, um, you've got your your killer instinct has been reduced, Um, you're starting to get these sort of aspects of anxiety based around the fact that you can't process simple tasks Mm -hmm. in every day. Um, Tell us about the the fall from there. So when did the physical symptoms start to kick in? When did the fatigue kick in? I know you spoke to me about uh, low libido. There's just no sex drive there or whatever, which is a classic sign of um, of adrenal dysfunction. You had a whole bunch of of immunocompromisation, getting sick all the time, couldn't shake sickness. At what point did those physical signs kick in? Um, I may I say too, mate, that um, Elise was real happy about the adrenal dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. Because with a one-year-old kid, mate, she was happy yeah. that, uh, that that her husband had absolutely no libido. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think he might have Sorry, been Elise. younger than that six months. Yeah, no, he would have been only six months, so probably even Didn't more. Didn't have to bash grateful, for anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, I think probably it was more really back toward when we would have contacted you more that July that once the really heightened physical signs came. I know that sounds crazy because the mental signs should be enough. Um, enough to say, well, there's an issue, but I guess it got to the point where, and I'm sure my test results, you've got them on um, file or whatever, but um, from memory, they were pretty bad because I had another good, or Elisa's sister and she's been around the block with, you know, Jean, yeah. like yep. she knows the stuff and she said, that she said that she hadn't seen any results as bad as this before. And yeah, so I probably shouldn't have left it as long as I actually did because, uh, like, really, 
shit can get out of control. Like, my mindset at the time, um, not that there was any, um, I guess, uh, suicidal or emotional tendencies to at all hurt myself, but I'm sure if after the mental then physical signs, if the mental signs got worse, I probably wouldn't have been really in control at all because for me to be able to go to a supermarket and feel compromised, like, that's not me yeah, at absolutely. all. Yeah, anyone, anyone that knows Matt, he's a, he's a robust, mm. um, you know, I, I guess like myself, sometimes, sometimes could verge on the arrogance, mm. you know, sort of quite sure of yourself. So that must have been tough to lose that part of yourself and not be able to find. And you know, let's face it, Bright, what do you got, 2,500 yeah. people here? Yeah, exactly. You, you're not on Pitt Street, are you? No. you know, so. <laughs> That's a little more cruisy now. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, once the physical side sets in about that July sort of time, then obviously, you know, yeah, we, we talked in uh, August to start to try to get the wheel turning with finding out what was actually going on. Yeah. Yeah, so um, for you guys listening, um, basically what we did was um, uh, I took a case for Matt. Uh, I've got all those notes here which have pretty much just uh, highlighted everything that Matt and I have discussed. So um, he was craving um, sugars. Uh, his blood sugars were obviously unstable. His energy was flat. Uh, he was waking unrefreshed despite sleep. Um, sleep was interfered with. Uh, he wasn't sleeping well anyway. Um, and all the stuff we spoke about, an inability to cope and um, you know inflexibility in his personality. And then obviously uh, all the... Um, you know, major stuff like the fatigue and the low libido that sort of brings us to the point where we have to start to, I guess, look at ourselves. So um, I did some uh, basic uh, pathology tests um, with Matt, which are the same ones that are available through the um, the Adrenal Awareness campaign that PSC has produced. And if you go through that campaign, uh, which is linked to this podcast if you haven't seen it before, but if you go through that, you'll actually see uh, Matt's report on there uh, and I've kept his name uh, on, on there because Matt gave me permission to use no, it but you, you will see on that that um, compared with the control or what would be considered normal as you'll see uh, with the charts um, Matt was at the complete point of nervous breakdown mm. so uh, his body was producing little to no cortisol um, hence the issues that you are having with your immune system hence issues with your blood sugar hence issues with your energy um, and uh, interestingly um, absolutely little to no DHEA either which is another steroidal adrenal hormone um, and it was obviously time we needed to step in so we applied uh, an individualized treatment protocol uh, which entailed a lot of different things and I don't generally Generally released details of my treatment protocols and that's not because I'm trying to be shady and hold back on people uh, it's just the fact that when you're in a, uh, a significant position as a practitioner when we apply ourselves to people and when we actually sit there and take an appropriate case with people and when we treat people for their complexities we often find there's a lot more to it than just the physical prescription so when I talk about a treatment plan um, it's not just pills guys um, you know this isn't a way of you know selling more product to you. as a matter of fact I don't even produce product mm. to treat this under the PSC um, label so this isn't a push to you know sell you my latest greatest supplement but um, Matt had to make big changes and um, too much credit he did and so when we start talking about this move down here to Bright Matt made a move which was pivotal it was a hard one right mm. so he left his job which was you know a well paying job because that was the prime stress and we, we did discuss this at the time that it was crippling him and his body could no longer cope uh, he moved down to Victoria uh, he took a massive punt uh, he backed himself though which was uh, which was cool given how low he was at the time and fortunately things have paid off really good but there was most certainly a treatment protocol 
uh, attached uh, with some supplementation, which was uh, classic for Matt's situation. Uh, I actually sent Matt off to a skilled acupuncturist um, that I use as well, um, who did give Matt some acupuncture, which I find works really good acutely in these sorts of cases to sort of pull you out of the gutter. And what we didn't say, guys, uh, we didn't even discuss this, was uh, Matt reached out to me, classic of an athlete, um, six weeks before he needed to compete in America. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it was eight weeks. Oh, yeah, it was about eight it was. weeks. Yeah, it was bad. Whatever it was. Yeah, well, maybe six weeks till you left. Yeah, and had yeah. to get yourself yeah. over there and uh, do all the altitude. But yeah. you know, it was. I told Matt at the time that there was pretty much you know, no likelihood of him. Um, actually attending this event fortunately he did attend which was which was awesome but tell us matt um you picked up quickly which was cool um and i semi-expected that of an athlete uh, because inadvertently you are a healthy guy and you're married to um, someone who's smart as well and and in the industry which is cool and um you were uh, supported nutritionally and you were supported supplement wise and you did what you needed to do through lifestyle measures and you got better fast so i think that's an important thing for people to realize that um, sometimes we need to take pretty big measures, right? And regardless of the supplementation I gave you, we both knew that you probably weren't going to reach your peak while um, working for the same brand mm. and living in the same place, yes? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a big task, you know, to give up um, a big paying job, um, oh, a solid paying job, not crazy, but uh, big enough, Yeah. that without an income, you're pretty much buggered. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was pretty much... Within like two days of um, Shannon and I having a chat about the position that I was currently in, that um, I just yeah called the owner of the business and I just said, look, I'm done. Um, things aren't very good at the moment, so I just I need a bit of time. Um, and fortunate enough, you know, um, they they were good enough to let me have some leave until I could get my head clear because you don't want to make a really really big decision without a clear head. So. Yeah. You know, the, the current mind state that I was in, it wasn't healthy to say, right, do I really like this job? Do I not like this job? What is this job doing to me? So after I got my head, you know, somewhat clear, I was able to really, you know, assess w- what a good course of action was. And um, Elise and I had bought a house down here in um, Bright or just outside of Bright. And um, we thought, bugger it, we'll pack everything up and move down. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you must have been in a position to do that. Well... Not really. Um, I would say no. No, <laughs> you know we, yeah, we had a, we had a little bit a little bit of money in the bank that you know we had probably two months of mortgage repayments on us and that was it. Go down and hope for the best. And you know it's not so much that we were lucky that we could do something like that. It's that well we've got a choice and we've got two feet in a heartbeat. And once we move to a new area will work and that's what you do to pay your bills but I didn't want to work in an industry that I was under huge pressure so I'll pick apples I'll go make coffee I'll do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. and fortunately enough we stumbled on our feet in an awesome awesome community and I've got little training facility down here and I see enough people to pay the bills and just take life a lot slower and hang out with Jack a hell of a lot more a hell of a lot more so let's be honest too um had you kept going the way you were? You're the prime income mm-hmm. earner, right? You had a young bloke. Um, Elise was off, um, so that income goes. Mm-hmm. And you're the guy out there pushing, 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 running himself into the grave for money, yeah. right? So had you not made the move down here, it, it could have buried you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you you get on that wheel as well that you see everyone with the big house, the big car, and you can get caught up with potentially wanting that as well. And it's fine to want that, but 
that's if it's what you really want. And I didn't really want that. I just want to have a little house. I want to run out in the hills. I want to see, you know, livestock and I want to see native animals out when I'm out running around and mm. listen to the river. And, you know, that might all sound, you know, airy-fairy or whatever, but it comes back to what you want. Yep. And, you know, what I wanted, what I thought I wanted was, you know, the big house and the nice car and all this sort of stuff. But it wasn't really. It was just tell us, tell us about the head talk, Matt, because I know with big changes like that, particularly from an athlete, right, who who strives and thrives on the fact that he can beat people because he mentally believes it, right? So you've got strong head talk and you'd have a very strong inner critic, that part of you that just pushes and pushes and drives yourself and needs more and wants more and got to be perfect and all that stuff that a lot of us have. So... How does one adjust to the fact when someone tells you that you need to change things in your life mm. if you want to actually get back to where you went? How does the head talk change or how do you actually convince yourself now that I've actually got to be gentle and kind to myself, which is not part of your character? Well, I think uh, one of the things that we talked about earlier about when I said about once a year that you're allowed to dig super, super, super deep. And I think as, as I mature... Um, as an athlete and as a dad and all this sort of stuff, but um, I I've got a greater understanding of how to get the most out of myself without having to dig to the point that I potentially used to dig because it's yeah I used to do some pretty yeah bad things I think now looking back you can push hard but then there's that that little 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 bit that I only do every now and then now and I think it's for the greater because I'm fresher I'm clearer like there's I can go a hundred percent. But if I go 102%, that's when I'm tasting blood and I'm not in a good position and I'm tired for weeks. That mm. I'm not, I'm not training as good as I should be. I'm not as dad as as good as I should be. I'm not training my clients as good as I should be. So I think it's actually refreshing that someone can say, you know, you probably need to pull this up a bit because you do get out of control. And I'm sure that there's a lot of athletes out there that you learn to deal with pain. Um, your tolerance, um, your head game becomes better and better and better and better. Mm. But when you really break, I think it's refreshing almost, you know. We sort of need it. There's the opportunity, right, that presents itself. And no doubt, I would say the um, the adrenal dysfunction that you've incurred has probably been a great teacher to you. Oh, shit, yeah. Anyways. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Even, like, even yesterday, um, or yesterday, the day before, we had a massive New Year's Eve party. And Shannon and I were just mucking around about bringing this up, but I got monstered like what i did to my body like is really bad That's and your I once a year right i recognize now that I, I i have no idea what actually happened how it got that out of control but if i hadn't been to the places that i've been with the adrenal dysfunction is that now i know i need like a long time really super super clean because i've taken so much out of my body in the last well even four weeks because i've been in night shift in sydney I've been travelling a lot with work. It's Recording been a, the uh, Australian Ninja Warrior yeah, as well. Yeah, doing that. So, is, Matt's been part of the team for the new TV show coming up, which is cool. Yeah, it's going to be sick. So, you know, with with the last, let's just say, all of December being me doing not bad things to my body, but not eating well, sleeping well, etc. Yeah. I can even see at the moment that my tolerance, um, like my, overall, I'm not quite myself, and I've got that ability now to recognise that. Oh, I need to pull back. I need to make sure I get back on my sups really regularly every day. I'm eating super clean. Yep. You know, really try to keep the inflammation down in my body because I can feel everything that's going on because I have that, I guess, intuition now of some signs that are just really, really early. And mm. you know, by doing a test like you know the test that you've got, is that 
you can start to recognize these things and the amount of people that I train um, or even that I see when I go away to take classes in other states is the amount of people that have signs and symptoms of this that are doing nothing about it, but they should because it'll just change their life. Like it blows my mind for a test or some tests that take bugger all time and within 10 days you know an outcome. Yeah, like Proof it's insane. Right. I think yeah. it's good to be able to see what your body is doing from that kind of, um, you know, inflammatory process, uh, stress process on paper. Yeah. You know, it's proof, isn't it? And sometimes I find um, people that will um, come on the journey with me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time, when we get those test results back, sometimes they're great, right? It's like you know what, just keep doing what yeah. you're doing because it's working for you well. You know, um, other times there's issues they've got that perhaps aren't adrenally related kids say oh, well it's not that let's mm. assess what it is and we can still get you better either either way but for some people I find it'll just be that thing almost particularly for women I must say um, it'll be that thing that they'll take home almost like right oh, no, is the proof mm. <laughs> kitchen shuts at seven every night now yeah, mum yeah, needs yeah. a rest you know yeah. what I mean um, where it's sort of like wow okay so now I can allow that intuition that's been telling me for so long now I can embody that intuition and actually be like, you know what? My body is showing me the early signs of what can become an autoimmune dysfunction mm-hmm. now that can become complete exhaustion, that can become chronic fatigue, and that can become fibromyalgia, that can become all these things that we don't want. And uh, and in, in just saying as it is, doctors can't help you with, mm. you know? So um, that's refreshing to hear that you say that because there is a lot of people running around with those sorts of symptoms that really probably could do to be able to... Or even just the the general stresses that are in life that we somewhat bring on ourselves, you know, getting a too big a mortgage, getting a too big a car, like getting a more expensive car than we really need that it locks us down and the pressures of, you know, jobs, kids, etc. are already enough, let alone the extra stress Mm. coming in from, you know, financial burden. Like, even if you're not an athlete, you don't, you'd class yourself as somewhat inactive. Yeah. yeah, the amount of people that I've seen just working uh, in a more of a corporate role in the last few months that would potentially have, you know, adrenal dysfunction would be massive. Yeah. Other than your own personal tragedy too, I think to myself, how would it have been for your wife? Mm. You know, so you're out all day busting your ass. I get that. Okay, it's all good intention, but you're giving the very little that you do have. Mm. So I'm imagining you're coming home, you can't bath your own son, you certainly can't play with your own son, you're probably retiring yourself to the lounge room to be yeah. sort of be able to just get ready for tomorrow, so to speak. Um, your relationship, you know, is probably suffering under the load. Um, your wife's having to do more when mm. she's the one that really needs the rest. So it becomes this, you know, multifactorial burden really, doesn't it? That sort of, um, it will put pressure on your whole life, not any single sum of it. Oh, 100%. You know, uh, and then, of course, your what's your outlet to stress, Matt? Yeah, go for a run. Yeah, so no, that's yeah. happening either, right? Yeah. So uh, it's only a matter of time until you end up, I guess, running into the doctor's office and they stick you on Zoloft or something mm. in order to deal with your depression. But, you know, like it's it's been a long time coming until you get to that point. Mm-hmm. So um, life for you now, Matt, um, what are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah, so... As we said a minute ago about working with Australian Ninja Warrior, that's been a really cool gig for about four months now that we've been travelling around testing athletes and then that moved into the filming process. So that was filming's pretty much finished now. Um, They might have some backstories to go. So that's been uh, until December 17th we wrap that up. Yep. Um, Have a gym here at home that um, I have a few trainers to come into when I'm when I'm away, yep. um, they come in. So I've got about 70, 80 clients that um, train out of a 
big garage that I've got, so I run seven classes a week and that's it. Yep. Um, then I've got the online uh, training program with uh, myself, James McDonald, who uh, is like, I guess you'd say, the business oh, coordinator. Hey, Jimmy. Yep. And um, Ryan Atkins and John Albon are involved with that, so world number one and world number two obstacle races. So we actually have online plans, at, uh, online training plans for... Obstacle racing for running yeah. and obstacle racing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, www.obstaclecourse.training. So that's that's been going really good. Um, that just, you know, supplements, you know, paying off the program, keeping the profile out there yeah. and a little bit of cash on the side, which is always good. And if anyone um, wants to, to see some nutters in action, seriously, Ryan Atkins is a Canadian, uh, lives over there in the middle of Canada where it gets, you know, minus 50 degrees cold. Celsius. Yep. And uh, this dude will, will go out for a 50k run with his ice pick and his Malamute. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I saw him out Did he? in the Anirondacks, the Anirondacks Mountains that he did. And the nicest crazy. bloke in the oh, world, yeah, isn't he? Lovely. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. pretty much every weekend in the US, so he travels down to the US, every weekend there's a Spartan event yeah. somewhere, and number one's yeah. never never a contention, is yeah. it? You it's know? just he's unbelievable. <laughs> and then um, John Albon, he's from Norway, so um, I'm actually, I'll be in uh, Europe quite a bit with those guys next year. Yeah, cool. So it'll be good to spend about two months in Europe running the sky running um, se- uh, season over there. So yeah. that should be pretty nuts. And then the last thing that I do is. Um, I have a shoe company now in Australia, so... Uh, Tell me about them, mate. I'm interested because um, when you were gone, I've, I've spent Christmas here at Matt's house while he ducked off uh, down at Bathurst, so I've been uh, going through his cupboards and... <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think what he found. Oh, playing, with, playing with all these things yeah, yeah. and, yeah. But anyway... Um, I found some of your shoes down on the deck, um, and I don't run, as you know, but they, mate, they feel different on my foot. What's, what's with yeah, them? So, look, they're, they're a... What are they um, called? Uh, VJ Sport IROC. So VJ Sport has been in Finland for about 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, they specialise in, or they're the highest end uh, orienteering shoes, because orienteering in that northern European countries is massive. Um, and John Albon actually is sponsored by VJ Sport. And yep. he said to me about almost a year ago now, he sent me a pair for free. He just said, look, Matty, try these out. And I'd been running in other brands. And, especially and you're going through shoes, what, every, for what? Oh, about every two months, every month, yeah, yeah. depending, like, well, for... The biggest catalyst was um, I actually started to feel unsafe in a pair of shoes I was wearing because I was starting to go so fast down some of the hills. So John sent me a pair of these shoes. He said, try these. They're the bomb. So I did, um, and they're unbelievable. um, So they are an orienteering shoe. Orienteering, what? That's all those crazy Europeans that find flags up mountains. Yeah, see, there's no real core set. So the the shoes are so tough that they won't get cut by rocks and sticks and abrasions, etc. But then the other thing is that they have um, special rubber. It's the most expensive rubber in the world. It's called butyl rubber. Um, Now, it's a very, very soft compound rubber, but it lasts forever. Well, not really, literally forever. I get about 1,000 kilometres out of my shoes at the moment before they turn into a lawn mowing shoe. Yeah. but they've got good drainage. But the biggest thing is, is this rubber is so soft and so sticky, but it performs at its best in the coldest climate or yep. the hottest climate. So there's an actual scientific word for it. I forget what it's called on either end of the climatic spectrum, I guess you'd say, that it becomes it performs better. So in the middle, say, at 20 degrees Celsius, it'll still perform really good, but at zero and or 40 degrees, it will it will produce, I guess it'll perform at its best. Well, give more grip, you mean, yeah? Exactly right. Yep, so on granite, wet, slippery rock, it's just yeah. It's and look, it, they're an ex- bloody expen- expensive shoe, but they're so good that. What do you mean by expensive? What's you know, an expensive you're looking shoe? Two hundred and forty dollars a pair. So they're not. It's no different than an well, Asics gel, really, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> um, so, but in the trail running world, they are definitely up there. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing now as well. So they're 
just insane. So uh, myself and Margaret Beardsley from the Coastal Runner Shop. Yep. Uh, yeah, we've got the shoe business together in Australia and uh, New Zealand. So yeah, people get good. some? Uh, either through the Runner Shop at uh, the Central Coast, yep. Central Coast Runner Store, or uh, online at irock-shop. Very That's nice. Me. So um, um, back to the adrenal thing quickly, mate. Just as we uh, we sort of um, conclude our chat, um, what's been your takeaways? Listen, I think listen to and, and, and I. What would you recommend to people? Because people yeah. are out there in a, a stressed world. Yeah. Right? Modern times are stressful. We're sitting out here in a caravan in the middle of pine trees. Yeah, so yeah like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're the odd ones <laughs> out. But you know, it is a stressful world, and you know, most people are out there working and and you know, trying to manage children and trying to keep their marriage alive, and you know, and trying to yes, pay those mortgages yes. and drive the car. And you know what? These things don't just go away. You know, oh. so what? What are your takeaways? And through that, just as a person who's quite a critical thinker, what what is it that you'd suggest for others? So I, I think if you if you're at all feeling with any of the stuff that we you know talked about, you know, feeling I guess slightly somewhat off or compromised, whether mentally, physically, etc., you just need to take the step because we all, or most people, go out and work a full week, or you know they work very very hard. And you're not investing back into your body, but myself as a 29-year-old male at the time, so I'm 31 now, a 29-year-old male at the you're time. Bastard. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I'm thinking I'm invincible at 29, but what happens if this happened to me at 49? Mm. What were the consequences then? You know, like my heart's not going to be as strong as it was then. You know, my mental strength may not be as strong. Um, you just take a little step. It's an email. It's a phone call. Um to see what is actually going on with your body. I think it's absolutely madness not to invest back into your body. Yeah. You work so hard, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars a week, whatever money you're on, just invest a little bit back into your body to see actually what's going on. And it makes everything else around that awesome, like cherries and roses and whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> chocolate but, and yeah, beer, you mean? <laughs> but it's it's it, it blows my mind now because I was that person that wasn't investing back into the body. To this degree, don't get me wrong, I was fit, but in the in the core of myself, I wasn't actually fit at all, was I? I was very unwell. Yeah. So, but the shell, my shell was very strong. I was, you know, I was muscly. I was ripped. My cardiovascular output was freaking high. Um, but deep down in my core, I was not well. Yep. Um, so, really, in a nutshell, if you're at all feeling off, you you just need to sort out what's going on because one little test can. Well, I can tell you now, as someone who had chronic fatigue syndrome, not a lot of people know this about me, but from 19 to 24, um, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, my life went to shit, mm. literally, you know. Um, lost a lot of weight. I looked a bit like you. <laughs> <laughs> these, obst- yeah. these obstacle runners don't have a lot of muscle people. But anyway, um, yeah, I lost a heap of weight, uh, lost all my self-confidence. My skin was breaking out. Didn't have a solid poo for about three years. Uh, absolutely, you know, felt dreadful. And, and I was defeated mentally and emotionally as much as I was physically. It took me a very long time to actually get better emotionally from that, I must say. Uh, after probably three, four years of treatment, I was probably back to where I started but I didn't believe it yet because you know these sorts of things do change after a long time our belief systems get entwined with what we now are rather than what we once were and uh, it's funny that um, back when I was dealing with this um, really chronic fatigue syndrome still wasn't overly diagnosable Uh, now it is diagnosable Um, mind you not diagnosed often but it does have actually a a diagnostic um, set of symptoms around it and um, I think that 
to have some level of prophylaxis against this in modern times um, is exciting, you know. And uh, I know, I know, it's it now seems like the cell, like oh, he's Shannon pushing his adrenal program. Please understand, people. Um, you know, I've worked in clinic for sixteen years now, and you know, I, I haven't treated less than ten, twelve people a day for all those years. Uh, what I basically offer here are my professional services, you know. So um, I, I'm, I guess, if you work with me, I just buy myself more business, which is actually not what I need. So it's it's one of those things that uh, I offer this program as a prophylaxis against what can come. And I try to just, I guess, um, touch that part of you, that intrinsic part of you, that intuitive part of you that may know that it's suffering, that may know that it's probably doing things a bit tougher than it would like, would know that the person that you were three, four, five years ago, 12 months ago, whatever, may not be that person now and that the load of life has probably got on top of you. And so, you know, if you are that person, um, I just want you to know that um, I'm here for you and that there are people, not just myself uh, also, sometimes when it comes to the actual treatment protocol, um, I'm not the one actually prescribing treatment. I might tell you to get treatment that you'll go and buy from someone else. So I'm just here as that professional person that can, I guess, steer you in the right direction, um, um, give you the right questions to ask and, and lead you down the direction to your own salvation. So uh, thanks, Matty, for uh, coming on the show, mate. Um, we didn't talk about your dick after all. So. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. And look, it's, yeah, I, I can't reiterate enough that so many people are spiralling out of control, whether they know it or not, that if you do get an inkling that you are feeling that you are spiralling out of control, then you need to get hold of it. And what's funny, though, is all of these people will hear, the, you know, there's no such thing as adrenal fatigue, no such thing as adrenal dysfunction, you know, and uh, I, I, I know that we do run down the, the road here of subclinical diagnostics. I understand that, but, you know, that's generally where naturopaths work a lot of the time because we treat people that can't get uh, the resolve they're after elsewhere. But it is a diagnosable thing. It is physical. Take a look at the Adrenal Awareness Program that I wrote. Have a look at some of my um, patient reports in there. You'll certainly see Maddie's and you'll see where it was in relation to normal and uh, reach out guys Shannon at shannonbrenton.com it's my direct email line I'm happy to chat and uh, thanks so much for coming on Caravan Conversations we'll see you next week thank you for listening to this episode of Caravan Conversations proudly produced by PSE Supplements to see more about the podcast including notes from the episode please visit caravanconversations.com You can also follow PSE Supplements at pse.com.au or search for PSE Supplements on Facebook.